This is Big Tasty Sports. You guys, you're never going to believe this. JJ is back on the show after a multiple week hiatus. JJ, welcome back in. I love you, man. I appreciate your patience with me. You know, sometimes life sucks pretty hard, especially on Monday nights. So thanks for having me back. And I also, you know, I was just looking at my background up there. I have an HVAC thing. Nice picture. Nothing like what Yanni comes to the table with, with some pretty cool shit back there and his son's photos. So thanks for having me back. Dude, you are always welcome. It's always good to have you. And you just, I've just found it's better not to compare myself with Yanni. It's just like I let him be, you know, who he is. And then I just try to come in second. So we'll just, we'll compete for that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yanni, how are you doing on this Monday evening when we're recording? Well, you probably could have compared yourself to me two weeks ago when I put up an 05 and 1 with my picks. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It was actually a really good and profitable week nine. So, I'm glad to bounce back and uh, ready to look ahead to these games in week 10. I love it. All right. So, a couple things to get out of the way. If you are not already doing it, I can't imagine why. Go follow at the Bet Crushers. And at Yanni underscore bet. Also, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and, and leave a comment and tell us what your favorite bet is for week 10 in the NFL. And uh, we'll respond to those if you leave some comments and uh, see where we agree and where we maybe don't. We are going to run through uh, a handful of the best games, and then we're going to go back and pick off ones that we like for betting purposes. We'll go through the matchups that probably are the best games first. But that doesn't mean that they're the only games that you should bet, although we would never tell you which ones to bet, just what we're doing. So we're going to start off with the San Francisco 49ers coming off their bye, going to Jacksonville. San Francisco on quite a skid right now, but they should be getting Debo Samuel back. They got Chase Young from the Washington Commanders, so they've shored things up a bit. Minus three right now on the Niners, though they are away from home in a total of 44 and a half. Yanni, we'll come to you first. The 49ers, is this slide for real, or do you see them getting right? This team's getting right. This team is playing probably in the NFC Championship game. I, I Barring, obviously, catastrophic injuries, obviously. Um, look, first of all, this is a good spot for them, even though it's on the road. I think this is a favorable matchup for them. I think having that bye week, that extra time, obviously getting a couple key players back, the Jags are flying high, and they're a pretty confident team. But this isn't necessarily the best matchup in the world for them. I'm expecting that San Francisco defense to really kind of pick up. In the last few weeks particularly, they haven't been as dominant as I think we thought they were as they were earlier in the year. But I think when you look at the matchup here, they can match up pretty well as long as they can contain Calvin Ridley. And Ridley and Lawrence, you know, they got off to that hot start in week one <clears throat> in the first half of that game against the Colts. They haven't done a whole lot since then when you really look at it. It's been very mediocre. I think the Niners can shut down Jacksonville offensively, um, an offense that really has been underwhelming when you look at the players they have on it. I think they'll shut them down. And on the other side, Jacksonville stops the run really well. San Francisco runs the ball on anyone. I don't think you can stop this running game. So I think they're going to have success, which is going to put Jacksonville a little bit of a bind. I think Purdy bounces back here. I don't love the Jags pass rush outside of Josh Allen on the side. So I think this is just a really good spot for the Niners. I feel like, you know, if we had looked back at this a couple of weeks ago, this is probably a minus five spot. You know, when you look at it here, we're now getting it at the key number of a field goal. Actually, if you had bet it this morning, you got two and a half. Uh, but even at three here, I think this is a great spot to get San Francisco. I think they do get right in this game. I think they probably win this game. I actually think they might win this game fairly convincingly. Um, and I don't say that about the Jags too often because I think the Jags are the type of team that they kind of battle with anybody. But I think in this game, San Francisco comes away with this. I like them a lot in this game. JJ, why is Yanni wrong? Just kidding. You can say whatever you I want. I don't think he's wrong. And I don't have a real strong, in terms of handicapping the game like that to that level, I can't bring anything else more to the table. But here's what I just looked up. This reminded me a lot of KC when they came to Jacksonville in week two. They were depressed. 
KC's price was arguably depressed because they lost to the opener in the opener to Detroit. They were minus three. They went off minus three, I believe. Mm. Here we got the same thing with San Francisco at Jacksonville, probably a depressed price on San Francisco because of the recent L's. So if they are bouncing back and if they're getting healthy, you know, then this is very much so like that where Kansas City, we we confirmed our thoughts coming into the season that their defense is going to lead the way. It was going to be a bigger part of the team's success. And we do know that as a fact right now. So I think it's a very similar situation. Yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody what to bet, certainly after the way my last few weeks. I mean, at least I'm still positive on the season, but my last few weeks have not helped have not helped that. But uh, I will say that I bet this spot already. Um, and I, I think this is a great spot for the 49ers, like you were saying, Yanni. And my my opinion on Jacksonville, too, and I was really high on Jacksonville coming into the season. I have a couple futures on them, which the over nine and a half is looking pretty good at this point with the way that their season has gone. But I've still been disappointed by Jacksonville to some extent, kind of pleasantly surprised by their defense a little bit, but um, and, and pleasantly su- surprised by Travis Etienne as well. But I don't know that the that the offense has really been clicking. And I will also say, like, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold, to be honest. If you go and look at the schedule, they beat the Falcons. Uh, they beat the Bills. That's a good win. But we've talked about how depleted that defense was when they played. They beat the Colts. Uh, I think there were some turnovers involved in that game again, as there usually are with the Colts. They beat the Saints, who I am really, really not high on. And they beat the Steelers, who I'm really, really not high on. So I think they've been... Um, beating up on mostly some pretty average teams. And I just don't think the set, the 49ers are anything close to an average team. I also think we've talked about this before, but the 49ers are a team where I do think them having all their weapons makes a big difference. I think part of what makes them so dangerous is you don't know whether it's Debo or Ayuk or McCaffrey or Kittle getting the ball. And any of those guys can be fairly dominant. So I think getting Debo back, at least likely, I, I don't think it's 100% yet that I've heard, but it sounds likely that he'll play. I think that's actually a really big deal for the 49ers um, and makes them much more dangerous. So I I like this to be a touchdown, and you can get minus three right now. So I, I like this spot quite a bit for the Niners. Uh, any any other thoughts on that one from either of you? Sounds like we're all in in, in agreement yep. on this one. I, I think we all are seeing it the same way. That might be a little scary, but I, I think, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when, I, there's something <laughs> well, the, there with that, though. And, and yeah, the market's I, I saying the same thing. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The market's yeah. saying the same thing. I, I'm just with you, Yanni. Like, I think back to, and I know you have to take everything into account. Like, the Niners have had this losing skin, and they have so, shown some chinks in the armor potentially there. You know, I, I think... They're not an especially deep team, maybe. Uh, but so coming off a bye is a good place for them. And I think if they, like you said, if they get some key injuries, that could be problematic for them long term. But man, three weeks ago, this team was like, are they going to, you know, are they ever going to lose? Um, and now I think they're playing like an above average team, but not one of the best yeah. teams. And only laying I three. Think, I just think it's a good spot. And I think you could reasonably argue that the bye was more beneficial to San Francisco just out of pure default that they were headed the wrong way versus Jacksonville, who was, you know, on the upswing. So not that they didn't need the rest, not that they didn't need to get healthy, but there's got to be something to kind of being able to take a step back um, for San Francisco versus, you know, Jacksonville kind of having to take a, take a, take a seat when they're on a nice little run. Yeah, I like it. Uh, one other thing that I'll just get your guys' thoughts on, and actually I'd have to look up a line, but something else that I think is at least worth considering, and the last three weeks would kind of throw you off of this, but the 49ers had scored 30-plus points in like all but one of Brock Purdy's starts until this last three-game skid. And now I think the totals have come down a little bit. I don't do. Do either of you have up what their team total is for this game? Uh, I, I can tell you here if you give me one second. I haven't looked yet. Uh, it half, is maybe. 20, 23 and a half. So 23 and a half. I don't mind it, man. Like that's another bet that I would be interested in. I, I just think like, yes, it's been a few weeks, but it was really consistent until then. Yeah. I, I, that's a really good call out. All right. Well, it sounds like we're mostly on the same page there. Uh, and there could be some good spots. So, 
Uh, let's move on to the next one here. We are going to talk about the Cleveland Browns headed to the Baltimore Ravens. Man, it feels like Baltimore has started to put it together. Maybe uh, two out of the last three weeks, big wins, uh, a really big win against Seattle this last week, incredibly dominant. Uh, JJ Cleveland obviously has the strong defense and both these teams are still in the running for the AFC North. What do you think happens between the Ravens and the Browns this weekend? I'm not a believer in Cleveland here. Um, you know, if I'm going purely off my, you know, where my numbers are landing, you know, I'm fine with laying up to a six, you know, so you can still get five and a half. I'm, I'm pretty much there. The problem is, and we were just talking about it on Sunday where it's just like, we saw them pretty much, well, they extremely dominated, uh, Seattle. And it's kind of like, you know, this one was seemed that seemed too easy, even though I didn't bet it. And I think like, I'm really scarred from the first whatever, six weeks of this season where they did everything but cover the spread when I needed them to. But I think this is a spot where I'm willing to lay it against Cleveland. I'm I'm not necessarily sold on their offense, and I don't think many people are. The defense is strong. But if Baltimore avoids doing a lot of stupid shit, they should cover this easily. That's my analysis. Sorry. It's good analysis. I like it. I'm a practical guy. I don't know what to tell you. It's good. You don't have to tell me anything, man. You don't owe us anything. <laughs> uh, Yanni, how about you? You uh, you agree that this is a good spot and a decent number for the Ravens? It's a decent number because I do think this should probably be six and a half. Um, so I think, you know, like, like JJ said, you can get it at five and a half. Um, but, you know, to me, this is my favorite teaser leg of the week here. And, and for me, that's a real simple breakdown. The Baltimore Ravens are still big brother to the, to the Cleveland Browns in this division. <laughs> now, are they going to come out and pummel them like they did Seattle? Probably not, just because I think that Browns defense is good enough to keep that game. I don't think Baltimore is going to you know, run the ball down their throat like they did Seattle there and you know make the plays offensively there. But, you know, when you look at the other side of the ball, that Baltimore Ravens defense is playing really well. And I don't think, I mean, honestly, when you look at that Browns offense, you take Amari Cooper out of that, what are they doing? I mean, they can't run, they can't run the ball without Nick Chubb. And, you know, th this is, things like this sometimes go a little bit under the radar, but they lost their left tackle last week, who I didn't see the final report, but it looked like he was carted off. You know, I, it looked like it was going to be, one of those long-term season-ending type deals, maybe not. But Wills is a good left tackle out there, and you can't underestimate losing a good left tackle against a defense like the Ravens. So you look at this offense that hasn't run the ball. Now all of a sudden that offensive line is a little bit weaker. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in this game. That puts a lot of pressure on Watson, who have we seen anything that shows that he's going to be able to rise up against a good opponent and light it up? Plus, I think Baltimore has the horses in the secondary to match up with Cooper. So I think Cleveland struggles to score in this game. Um, I don't know how much Baltimore will score, but I feel like at home, they're going to win this game. So I like this as a teaser spot. You know, again, Baltimore's kind of laying minus six at most books right now. You're basically getting them at a pick at that point at home to beat little brother in an important game. I think you got to roll with Baltimore in a teaser if I'm betting this game, which I am. <laughs> you know, and to, to add one more thing to that, I think, especially with this type of, of thing, we know that Baltimore, I think we should gauge is gauge Baltimore's home field advantage, especially when they are making a legitimate run for the AMC, AFC championship. They have a significant home field advantage. And I know we're in the era of really kind of, you know, we're, we've left three long gone a decade ago, but to really give anything above two, um, is really rare. And I think this is a venue that that deserves something a little extra. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I don't have a ton to add. Honestly, I think the big points to me here are that the Ravens defense feels almost sneaky good to me. And maybe that's just me not paying close enough attention to them. But if you yep. asked me before, probably a week or two ago, when I became a little more cognizant in looking at the numbers and stuff, how good they've been and said, who are the, the top defenses in the league? I would have said Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Browns, you know, th those would have been the teams that I named. I wouldn't have named the Ravens 
but the Ravens are right up there at the top and they are, they are across the board. They've been good against the run. They've been really good in coverage. Um, and so I agree with you. I think Deshaun Watson is absolutely terrible. I, I mean, I know I've been tooting that horn for a while and that's less and less of a hot take, but I do think coming into the year, we thought maybe he was going to be something. And I, I just think at this point, you know, and probably in a few weeks, I'll be like, wow, I was really wrong to Sean Watson. It could happen, but I'm going to take the stand of like, I think that ship sailed. I just, I, I think he's not a good quarterback and their offense is going to really struggle. Um, so I'm with you, Yanni. To me, like, it might be a low scoring game and the total's 38 and a half. So obviously, Vegas is saying it's going to be a low scoring game. But I, yeah, I just think Cleveland's going to really he's, struggle to score. He, he's no better than Baker Mayfield. I mean, give me a break. I mean, when he's on the field. If statistically, he's on the field. statistically, he's worse than Baker Mayfield. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, watching him just this year, I'd take Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah oh, for One sure. game? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, he didn't yeah, lose it against whole, Houston or whatever. Yeah. The, the only thing that makes me a little nervous, and JJ, I think you alluded to this a little from earlier in the season, is I feel like the, the Ravens were so inconsistent. Yeah. But I feel like if they can be consistent and continue to put it all together, I think you have to put them in the conversation for the AFC title. Um, I, I think I think they're that good. And I think it's going to be fun because I don't think they're like, you know, far and away better than the Chiefs and the Bengals and whoever else you want to put at the top there. Um, but I think it's at least going to be fun. And I think they're going to be part of the mix uh, to make it to the Super Bowl. If they can keep putting this together, so KC Baltimore in the AFC Championship would be a hell of a game. It would be. Could um, would you guys have any interest in the under? I know obviously it's a very low number there. Um, I, I I'll be honest, even at that low number, I don't hate the under in this game. I wonder about no. like what's what's the Browns team total under sixteen and a half. So you're missing wow. the key number of seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. tough. Because I was just going to say, like, Cleveland's defense is really good, but they've laid some eggs, too. And mm -hmm. I think that with an offense that has it rolling like Baltimore, it makes me nervous to include them in under right now. I, I think one thing you can look at here um, in these kind of games, Lamar will run. Um, he actually ran more than I thought he would a week ago this past Sunday with at Seattle or with Seattle. But he he'll run in this game. Um, you know, if, if that Browns defense is able to kind of lock down the, the wide receivers and that, I think he'll take off. So even though we know his rushing prop will be high as it always is, to me, this is a week to consider playing it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, man, they're just it, it's so interesting with the Browns how it feels like they're up and down. And also, I'm just looking away from home. They gave up 24 to Seattle, which I know that Seattle can be a tough place to play. But and then, you know, the crazy game where they gave up 38 to the Colts and then they gave <laughs> up 26 to the Steelers. Those are their three games away from home. I mean, yep. yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think this totals probably set at a pretty, pretty decent spot in my mind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. E even with the low number, I'm I'm not opposed to going under on this game. If you yeah, go under, like let me know. I'll go with you, man. You know, I love, I love a good freaking undersweat. I had Baltimore, the Baltimore game under this time. I thought this is toast. I'm toast. You know, you know what would be a good undersweat is, uh, I mean, with football, is if you played under, like under ten and a half, alt <laughs> alt total. Oh. That'd be that'd be a sweat. for a whole game. Yeah, yeah, for for the Browns here. You think the Browns are going to score more than ten? Oh, for for the just the team. Okay, got. I think yeah. This is, oh whole yeah, game. I was like, Damn, just man. the team. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Not for the like, the hey, whole game. Hey, I know you got. I know you got some big cojones, but that's something. Um, <laughs> if this if this were a week, to, maybe. if this were a week to do it, it would be the, it would be this one. Yeah, yeah. it would. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Sounds like we're well, uh, we're pretty aligned trash. on the side here. What did you say, JJ? I'm sorry, I said that bet would go very well with trashing um shit, I can't remember his name, the massage guy, and him just like spiking it right in your face. <laughs> he, he would. He would. Maybe he'll throw like three picks this week or something. Actually, he doesn't it's not the picks, it's more like he throws it five feet in front of his receiver. <laughs> yeah. 
the picks on the ground can that's be more very bad for the under picks can be extremely bad for yeah, the under. yeah for they sure. can be exactly but good good for the the cleveland team total under that's what i'm saying so. All right. Well, let's move on from that barn burner to one that has become interesting or more interesting, I think, because of what has happened with these two teams in recent weeks. And that's the Houston Texans and uh, all-time great C.J. Stroud going to the Cincinnati Bengals, J.J. Cincinnati Bengals. And it is up to Minus seven. I was going to just check if it, yeah, it is minus seven across the board on the Bengals. Vegas obviously believes that the Bengals are back and Houston has not yet quite arrived. Yanni, uh, obviously it's been a bit of an explosion here from the Texans recently. Do you think they can uh, keep this close, even have a chance to win, or are the Bengals just going to continue the run? I think they can keep it close, maybe. Um, but again, to me, this, it, it's just a, almost an automatic tease leg here. Obviously we saw with CJ Stroud, he can go in, make things happen. So I don't think anybody would be shocked if Houston went in and won that game. I don't think we'd be in disbelief if that happened, but is he going to be able to light up the, the passing game like he did a week ago, you know, going on the road there against a, a better, a, certainly a better passing defense, um, you know, on, and on the flip side there, I just, this game to me, if you think about it, we talk about this a lot. We talk about the league in tiers and, you know, Houston and Tampa are kind of on that similar tier right now. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's not, I know the record is because they obviously started the season out, but we've seen the difference a healthy Joe Burrow makes with that team. It makes all the difference in the world. The last three weeks we, we've, we've witnessed it. I mean, it's the difference between them not being able to produce offense and being able to produce offense. So I think when you look at it there and you got Cincinnati figuring this out, I know CJ Stroud is obviously going to be entering that game confidently, but if anything, I know the Bengals are coming off a big win, but I mean, if anything, that's got to get them, I would say more motivated in the sense that they know they have to keep pace in the AFC North and they watched Houston light up the scoreboard. They watched Stroud light things up there. I think that keeps them a little more focused, to be honest, and not that I can read into their mental state and what they're going to be doing. But I think that this is a game where Cincinnati kind of comes out and we see that different tier where unlike a back-and-forth game, I mean, I think there are, what, half a dozen lead changes in that Texans and Tampa Bay game. I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. I, I think Cincinnati wins this. Could it be close? Could they get upset? Yeah, they they could. If you don't like laying the points, which I'm not sure I do, to me, this is kind of that second teaser leg here to Baltimore. I think you take the two, in my opinion, best teams in the AFC North, and you ride them to win at home. Yeah, and and both of them, I guess, but especially Cincinnati, they can't sleep on a game because of how they started the season. They need right. to keep winning to to make sure that they even make the playoffs, let alone win the division or anything beyond that. So I, I think that puts them in a spot of not being able to look past a game. So, uh, JJ, you feeling good about the Bengals this week? Burrow is mobile. The wide receivers are hungry. They're all hungry, and he's feeding them. So they got to keep it, just like you said, they're not going to let their guard down. They can't let their guard down here. Um, minus seven is, is, you know, enough of a pill. Six and a half is enough of a pill, but like Yanni said, I mean, this just seems like a pretty, um, just gotta, gotta, gotta go blindly. If anything, let alone the, the, the handicap supports it, you know, being a teaser, like makes sense. Yeah. I wish I had anything really against the grain to say here, but I, Yanni, I really like what you said about the tears thing. And I think it's such an important thing to remember because the reality is, like last week, that was a phenomenal offensive performance from the Texans. And the Bucks aren't a trash D, is the thing. Like their defense is okay. And so it's not like they were playing the Giants and they did that or something. So I, I think that was a, a great performance. And I'm actually really interested to see over the next, the rest of this season, but the next couple of years where this can trend. Because if CJ Stroud can be more consistently what he's looked like in flashes this year, this Texans team is going to be some uh, a team to pay attention to going into next year, the year after. I think for this year, what I would say about the Texans, and this makes it to me a little bit harder to want to bet any of their games, 
is it it feels like one of those young teams and you see this like in college basketball when a team's still trying to come together the texans they do have some veteran presence but they brought together so many free agents they switch coaching staffs they have this rookie quarterback where it's just going to be really up and down i think the ceiling is high for the texans and i'll admit like the Texans right now, their ceiling is higher than I thought it would be, even just a couple weeks ago. Like they're they're proving me wrong to some extent. I'm I'm yeah, I I didn't think they'd do what they're doing right now, even. So I think that they're just gonna be inconsistent, though. I think they're gonna lay two or three more eggs this year where you're like, what the hell happened to the Texans this week? And then they're gonna have two or three more games where you're like, Holy shit, how good are the Texans? Um, and I just don't know which week's gonna be which. So I agree with you. The Bengals are a mature team. They're a cohesive team. They need to keep winning. I think that this is like a the Bengals at least win this game, you know, 80% of the time. So um JJ jumped out and now he's gonna jump back in. Let's see here. Jay, JJ, were you so mad about my Bengals take that you just left or what? <laughs> no. <clears throat> I don't remember the Bengals take take, but man, I'll tell you. I mean, did you get I was watching on um red zone the the houston game right and i'm you know i was the guy that laid two and a half and do they have a kicker are they going to sign a kicker is he is he okay good question they'll have to i'm sure they'll bring yeah i mean they'll get somebody to kick field goals but that was crazy because um i don't mean to divert because especially because i left your show and i came back thanks for letting me back in but we we both had me and my wife had houston in the contest the pick contest right and so they they go down there and the the guy kicks the field goal to go up by three in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, we just need to stop. But they were down by 10. So they came back and now they're recovering by the hook. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna go out for a walk. She goes out for a walk and misses all of everything wow. from there on out that happened, except <clears throat> she walked in when they were on victory formation up by two with the game pretty much uh. over with. She's like, What happened? I was like, I can't even begin to explain what happened yeah. in that game. That was, that was insane. a bad time for both of us because I had I had the Bucks money line in that one. Oh God, yeah, we got I just I thought I thought they were going to win it outright, <laughs> man. Uh, so and 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 honestly, with they should under have. left, I felt yeah. good yeah, about well, my bet. So yeah. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah, I, I can't oh. believe they they got down there again. Hey, maybe we could start a service, JJ, where we you know get like bad middles like that and then we could put those out for people to know exactly what the outcome of the game is going to be featured featured middle yeah <laughs> featured <that's right>. reverse <laughs> middle but you know something like right on the home page uh um do we think anything on the total for this one we didn't talk about that 46 and a half here um obviously both of these offenses have been running pretty hot yeah. uh, does that keep going I, this, you know, that was one of the first things I looked at with this game is to see where the total was. Cause I was curious. Cause I think your initial thought is that this is going to be a high scoring game. I, I have a feeling and, and I don't, first of all, I don't, I have no play on the total here. Like I said, I'll probably tease Cincinnati and that's where I'm going with this one. I have a feeling that this is going to be a lower scoring game. And I think that people are thinking, Oh, Stroud's going to throw for 400 yards and Burrow's healthy in that offense. I don't know that that's the case. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if this is more of that, you know, 23 to 17 type mm. game, um, you know, that doesn't get there. That that could be wrong. I mean, obviously we saw what, what those teams did. But again, I think this Bengals defense is going to do a little bit better job uh, slowing down Houston here. So I, I think that that total actually gut feeling is all that's going over. I, I actually lean the other way, but I no play for me, though, on that. I'm I'm right on the fence too, but but this is I mean it's Monday, okay? It's Monday night, so not not a lot of money in the market. Whatever, this is asking for over. I mean it's right it's right under the forty seven, so it's saying like if you're going to pick a side based on a key number, you want to go over. But just like Yanni's saying, you know this is the type of game that should go under. But I think this is one where you kind of got to wait and see where the market goes, right? Make sure and I would right imagine side. this is, de- and I mean, normally with totals, that's the direction it goes anyways, normally, unless there's weather or something involved or a key sure. injury. Yep. But I, right. I would imagine this one does go up, if any of them. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if this was at 47, 47 and a half by the time kickoff comes around. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So if you like the under, there's there's time to, to get a better number. If I yeah, if I were gonna bet the under, I would probably wait. Yeah, I was just looking back um at some of the scores and I, I almost I, I think I'd probably be better off just betting the Bengals if I was gonna do it. But I, I wonder about the Bengals team total over again. Just looking back, it's it's funny how quick I even forget, you know, it was this great performance for the Texans and all of a sudden in your mind, they become this high flying offense. It's the greatest (laughs) show on turf is back, but they scored 20 against the saints. They scored 19 against the Falcons. They did score 30 against the Steelers. I mean, they have some big Carolina, but it's score. Well, Carolina is where they lost the game. Yeah. They scored 13 in that game, which was, was a dud. But then on the other side too, I just think, which are the great offenses that they've played? They played the Ravens in week one, which I think with how the Ravens started, you just about throw out. They played the Jags in week three, when I would say the Jags weren't up to full speed yet. And the Jags only scored 17 there. So that was pretty good. But um, I mean, they they just gave up. If you want to talk about how great it was them scoring 39, they also gave up 37 to the Bucks. So yep. I don't know. The Bengals yep. are rolling right now. So I could definitely see the Bengals keeping their end of the bargain up uh, in this game. Let's, I'm assuming, do we know what that total is? I can look. I'm assuming it's 24 and a half. Probably. I have. I can look uh, here. here. I, yeah, I was going to say, I can look while you we'll guys race are. to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to lose because I can't even find the game. Oh, here I it don't is. have it posted yet. Oh. I don't have it posted yet. Uh, yeah, I got it. It's uh, over 26 and a half is minus 120. It's minus 122 on DK, though. Obviously, Ooh. you could shop around. Um, so over 27 and a half is plus 110. Whew. So it's an wow. expensive 26 and a half. Wow. So this is okay. 2720. That's where the at. Yep. All right. Well, I, I think that after all this talk, I think that teaser like does sound good, Yanni, uh, because I, I'm liking the Bengals more as we talk about it and look at some things here. And so getting that down to just having needing them to win sounds pretty good to me. All right, let's move on to the next game. For now, I will skip over the Vikings and not make us talk about it. But you know, I'm going to make you talk about it eventually. <laughs> we'll go to the Detroit Lions going to the LA Chargers. We're recording this on Monday night, so we haven't seen the Chargers play yet this week. Right now, the Lions on the road are minus one and a half. The total is 48 and a half, so a pretty relatively high total, especially this year. JJ, you think the Lions are able to go out to LA uh, and kind of keep the train rolling here? I mean, as a fan, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, this is they're they're certainly capable i mean they're good enough as a team and i think they're the type of team that has gained in confidence you know over the last couple years um that being said you know i start to look at the numbers notwithstanding tonight's game and i see this a little more at parity you know both both are different styles of team different styles of teams and the execution um (laughs) varies widely between the two and maybe i'm just sour over the the Chargers just kind of long-term and, and wholesale of them always being one of the better teams in the league to find a way to blow a good game, especially one that you may have an interest in. So with that perspective, you know, I'm a little bit slanted and I'm a fan of the Lions, so I would certainly do it. Um, but I'm on the fence in terms of pure numbers. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I don't know what to say about it. I think I want to see the Chargers and what they do with this kind of a layup type of situation. Or are they going to get, you know, <laughs> are they going to get embarrassed by the Jets? We'll uh, I'll I'll let you know, JJ. They actually lose uh, seventeen to sixteen on a last second field goal. So that's what happens in that game. I hope about it does to. now. I'll cut this out if not. But no, I I'm just know. Kidding. I'm kind of blown away. Like, I was going to say, do I need to bet the exact I hear? What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm really feeling this one, guys. Yeah, but you can tell we, we're trying to get some action because both Yanni and I were like frozen. Like, <laughs> like are you is serious? Like some is sort that... of a, a gift here? <laughs> uh, Yanni, how you feeling about the Lions uh, going out to the Chargers? Obviously, without seeing them play yet this week. Yeah, I you know, I'll I'll be honest with you. I think this is a, and 
obviously until we see what the Chargers do. I mean, if the Chargers win 30 to nothing or lose or whatever, I mean, we're going to have a little bit of fluidity there. But I think this is a game that the public wins. And what I mean by that is I think the public is going to be on Detroit. And I think the public wins this one. This this is kind of one of those where you're going to see – uh, 80% of the money or 80% of the bets on Detroit. And I think that the books are going to take it on this one. Um, it, to me, it's it, it comes down to this. When I look at that Chargers team, obviously, I think none of us trust the coaching there. I mean, JJ referenced the fact that they always tend to find ways to blow it here. But I don't think this is a good matchup for the Chargers in this game. And even though it's it's technically a road game, Jared Goff obviously knows that stadium. We know that, uh, you know, the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage other than that crazy Hawaiian Asian girl who's always like screaming that they now show on TV all the time. Talk about a super fan, man. I, I I mean, I thought I was into Bills games, but I've never, I don't think I've ever been into a game that much. Anyways. I, w- um, I want to see you be a fan of the Bills like that, Yanni. You should do a live stream. <laughs> yeah, I, I digress. But um, no, I, you know, when you look at the Chargers, there's a couple things here. First of all, their defense, which I still don't think is very good, um, is predicated on edge rushing. The Lions are very good at, at edge pass blocking with their tackles, maybe the best team in the league at that. So you, you start saying, OK, if they neutralize that, where is that Chargers defense at that point? I don't like where they're at. So I think at that point, if Goff's got time, he carves that secondary apart. Um, in, in my opinion here. And I think you can still run on the Chargers. They have been much better this year than they were a year ago, but they're still not great at stopping the run. So I think that you know they can get enough out of the running game there to kind of keep it honest. And then you flip it over there. The Chargers are, you know, they're missing some key weapons to throw the football to. I think that Eckler, this is not a game where Eckler gets a lot of uh, rushing yards here. Now, could he catch some passes and all that? Sure. I mean, he probably will, but I don't know. I just think that the Lions, this is kind of, to me, this is truly where the Lions turn the corner, in, in my opinion here. This this is a kind of a, I don't want to call it a statement road win, but it's an impressive road win that a good team makes. And, you know, in the past, it was like, even when the Lions were okay, when they went on the road, they weren't going to win. And no. I, I think that this is, yeah, I think this is where we see that shift to where they expect to win. Their fans expect them to win. I expect them to win. And and I just think that the matchup is right for them here, that they're going to come. Yeah, it, I, I think this is this is it. So, again, we'll see. Maybe the Chargers come out and, you know, who knows what what they what happens tonight. But I like Detroit in this game, even though the public, I think, is going to be all over them unless the Chargers win 30 to nothing tonight, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, that would be pretty shocking. I don't have a lot to add here. This is one of those games that we just run into from time to time where I think I will be very happy to watch this game and I really don't know what to do with betting this game. And it is a little... Yanni, I hope what you're saying is right. Honestly, the Vikings are going nowhere. If the Vikings can't, then I want it to be the Lions. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, and I enjoy watching them. I think it's a balanced team. We've talked about that a number of times, how there are quite a few teams in the league who are not balanced. And I think Detroit is, is pretty balanced. So I like that. I like him getting David Montgomery back. Um, it's just like, I just never know what to do with the chargers, man. I, <laughs> right, we, we've right. been saying it forever, but it's like, I always think, well, but they're, you know, they're, I just think they're better than what they almost ever play like. And I, I think the chargers at, at their best give the lions a really good game. And I think it's probably as close as what this line says. I think it ends up being something like a pick em. but if the lions can get a decisive win here against the chargers team, like that wouldn't be shocking either. And I'd be happy to see it, but um, I don't have too much to add on this one. I'll have to say. So I feel like we gave anyone as much as they could want with the, uh, yanni chargers fan impression anyway like that's worth that's worth showing up for right there just leave that taste in your mouth it's honestly honestly a good impression uh if you're if you're listening to the podcast you probably want to jump over to youtube and just look up this timestamp because <laughs> it's worth it uh all right uh anything else on that game total or anything else uh before we move on take that as a no all right well, that's some of the big games of the week. So now what we're going to do is just kind of take turns jumping around. If you have a game that you like from a betting perspective or just that is of interest to you, 
Uh, let's just throw that out there and see if anybody has some good thoughts on it. Uh, I'm actually going to start, and that'll give you guys a little time to to look a little more if you need to. I'm going to shock the world with where I'm going right now. I'm going to take us to the Twin Cities where the New Orleans Saints come and visit the Josh Dobbs-led <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. I know it was a great comeback, but I laughed just because like the thing that stood out the most to me was he put the ball in the ground three times, and that's like the most Vikings thing <laughs> ever to do. Yet they still won, which was insane, uh, only against the Falcons who have no coaching. Um so here's the just a couple things that are interesting to me in this game. Number one, Justin Jefferson might be coming back. I think that that's still a little bit up in the air, whether they're going to hold him out or not. And KJ Osborne went down with concussion. It, am I right about that with Justin Jefferson? Or am I off a week on that? I, I don't know for sure. This would be his, I think this would be week four, would it not? Or would this be week five? I thought this was week five. I'll maybe think- try to look at I'll maybe try to look it up while we're talking. I, I think it's week four, but don't quote me on that. All right. Well, Yanni, you're pretty much always right, but I'm still going to look it up later. Uh, so, but here's the thing is they've said they're going to be careful with Justin Jefferson. So I don't think they can count on him playing, even if it was a week where he's eligible, which I will uh, look up and it's probably something I should know. Also, I don't believe in Josh Jobs a ton. I mean, it's good that they got him now because they need somebody to play quarterback. Um, obviously Josh, Josh, Dobbs is like a serviceable, serviceable backup kind of NFL quarterback. The thing for me though, is that the Vikings defense has been playing better. I still, I don't mean that they're a great defense. I will never say that, but they're at least doing enough to keep the Vikings in games. I think the Vikings scheme has been working. And the biggest thing is that their offensive line has been good. Um, and that's always been a problem in the past. And it's been different, uh, especially recently here this year. And I'm. I'm just really not high on the Saints is where I'm the Saints almost feel a little bit to me like how I feel about the Chargers. Like, I think they should be really good. I think, oh, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's aging a little bit, but still. um, And then their defense is solid. That's what everybody says. And they have had some big games and they do have some decent coverage pieces and stuff. But they just underperform like nobody's business. I mean, uh, this team might not win their own division, and they have Atlanta and Tampa Bay as their competition. I, I think it's pretty pathetic. So I think New Orleans going on the road to Minnesota with a team that's playing decent overall, this is a two and a half right now. Um, where I'm at right now, but I'm looking for you guys to talk me out of it, is if it gets to plus three, I think I'd play the Vikings here. Um Yanni, what do you think about this game? If it gets to three, is that is that crazy? Minnesota just have too much going against them right now? It, it's not crazy. Um, I mean, you brought up some very valid points, I think. And I had I actually I had that Saints and Bears game on one of my TVs because I had the Saints teased. And I found myself watching that game and really just being annoyed with the Saints, if that's the right word. Um, just because, you know, I'm watching this game and I'm like, how are they how are they letting this happen how is darnell moody getting open this defense is supposed to be good how are they not you know slowing down the run when you have bajent playing quarterback you know i'm watching these things happen and then on the flip side it's like they should have been carving that defense up and they did okay offensively they weren't bad but they also weren't explosive and you know the crazy thing with that saints team is the only time they look good on offense is when Taysom Hill's in the ball game, whether wow. he's lined up at receiver, tight end, quarter. It doesn't. That seems to be the only time they look like they can move the freaking ball. Now, the one thing I would say that's good for the Saints is they seem to have figured that out. So they seem to be incorporating him more and more every week. Um, so you know, kudos to them for recognizing that. But I, you're right. I don't love them. But but I'll say this though. What Dobbs did this last week was pretty amazing. I mean, to come into a new team in less than a week, I mean, we saw Mayfield do it with the Rams a year ago, and that's Mm -hmm. really freaking impressive. And, I mean, he looked – well, other than putting the ball on the ground and some of those kind of wild (laughs) things, I mean, he looked okay. Like, you know, it was like, oh, wow, he found the open receiver. You know, I mean, he looked like he was doing well. And I think you bring up some valid points about the Vikings offensive line, the improved defense, which I think is – vastly improved. I think their defense is actually pretty darn good. Um, you know, certainly compared to last year, but overall, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> overall, I think they're pretty darn good. Um, and you know, you start looking at that and you say, okay, you know, they do have some weapons. I mean, Hawkinson's still there, you know, doing his thing. And Addison, we know is playing some good football. I know he had a couple drops, but he, you know, he was good. 
Jefferson, a key, you know, like you said, I don't know how much he'll play if he does, if he is back, but I don't, you know, to me, I'm going to have to say I'm on the opposite side here and not because I love Mm. the saints, because like I said, when I watched that team play against the bears, it, it was, it just, it, it just doesn't jive. If that makes sense. Like it's just clunky. There's something not there, but I think for me, when I look at this and it's a field goal game or under a field goal game at this point, in a, in a, you know, a dome stadium here, I feel like this is kind of one of those ugly games that the saints can win 20 to 17. If, if that makes sense. Um, now to your point, if it gets to three and you want to take a chance with that, I wouldn't hate it. Um, you, you know, I think it, I wouldn't take it at two and a half for whatever it's worth. Cause to me, it, the most likely outcome of this game is the saints probably win it by a field goal. So you know, I, two and a half obviously is key. If it gets to three and you want to, you know, roll the dice with, with the Vikings at that point, I, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I, I agree about the two and a half. Uh, JJ, before I kick it to you, two other things. Uh, one, I looked up and one, I forgot that I was going to say. The first one is uh, Justin Jefferson is eligible to come back this week. So is, it'll be okay. a question of whether he does or not, but that doesn't mean he's coming back. Um, the other one is. I mean, you guys know that I like to talk about turnovers. Uh, so if if you lose the turnover battle by two, you have a, a, a minus two turnover differential. You have like a 9% chance to win a game historically. The Saints had a turnover differential of plus five against the wow. Bears, and they won by seven. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like an absolutely atrocious result given five turnovers. So... Um, JJ, any thoughts on this one before we move on to something else? I mean, I I kind of feel my like my blood pressure rising. You talking about that? <laughs> like I look, I'm looking at me and Yanni's text breathe, message dude, Sunday, and he's just like, you know, he's he's salty about not getting the field goal, you know. <laughs> and then I just devolved to f this guy. What's with? I mean, they they're they're tough. I'm with you. They're like the Chargers. I want nothing to do with them. I want nothing to do with this game. I am extremely impressed as well by Josh Dobbs. He's a brilliant, really smart guy. Anyways, the problem is, you know, that's probably what you expect that amount of volatility for a full game. So I mean, we saw it with Arizona. <laughs> it's what you're going to get. But I think you know his brilliance is also reflected in the fact that he probably paid special attention at team orientation when he was onboarded by the Vikings about the whole, you know, ball security is very optional in this franchise. So <laughs> yeah. You could tell he was paying attention to it the really is. too. So, yeah. He's, he's like, I got to fit in somehow. Uh, I know. I got it. Is it, is it a coincidence <laughs> that you're, you are especially uh, interested in studying turnovers and you're a Vikings fan? I mean, is that just coincidental or? I mean, I I only think it's a coincidence because I I started doing that last year and it wasn't so yeah. pronounced last year like it is this <laughs> year. So <laughs> maybe it was you know prescient or whatever. It was looking ahead yeah, right, to this year right. and knowing that it would be a big deal. So, <laughs> all right. Well, next week we'll see uh, who was on the right side of a game that neither of us will probably bet, Yanni. <laughs> um, Yanni, do you have a game that's sticking out to you, uh, betting wise, or that you're interested in here? You know, I'll be honest, I I don't, and I hate to punt like that, but, you know, when you look at the the rest of the slate that we haven't covered, um, you know, you've got the Bears and Panthers. I mean, I, does anyone want any part of that? Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I want nothing to do with that. I do think the Colts and Pats game is a little bit interesting overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ironically, even though I think the Colts are a better team, I kind of like New England in this spot, but I'm not betting it. I'm not touching Mac Jones and that Patriots team at this point. Um, I think the Steelers and Green Bay is an interesting game. The problem here for me is I think you've got two crappy teams, to be honest with you. And, and, you know, it's like you try to find some sort of edge where maybe one team's overvalued or undervalued. And I don't think you really have it here because it's like, man, I'd love to fade the Packers, right? But then it's like, do I want to fade them with the Steelers laying points? You know, I, you know, I feel like this is a game where if you're betting it, you got to take the Steelers at home. But do I want to lay three points with that Pittsburgh team? Not really. Um, you know, and then I think the last one that I I don't have any interest in betting, but I think is interesting is that Titans and Buccaneers game. 
Um, and I think the Will Levis thing is something that we need to keep an eye on to see how this Tennessee team looks the rest of the year with him at quarterback. I mean, I feel like at this point, regardless of what happens with Tannehill, this is his job to lose at this point. So, you know, let's see, can he kind of back up some solid performances against a team that just gave up 30, what, eight, 39 points to, to CJ Stroud there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested in that game, not necessarily betting it. Um, the one thing I will say, and I hate to even put this out publicly because this is like NFL betting 101, you don't do this. But I'll be honest with you, I put a bet in on the Dallas Cowboys minus 16 points against the Giants. And, that, you know, again, I'm almost embarrassed to say because you just don't do that. You don't do that in the NFL. But to me, it was worth a unit wager because I just don't see how the Giants score points in this game. I, I mean, Tommy DeVito is absolutely terrible at the quarterback position there. I think that Dallas defense turns him over multiple times. Um, and then, you know, that Giants defense, once they realize it's not happening, I think that game's going to get away. And if there's one thing we know about Dallas, when they start rolling, they start rolling. Um, so, you know, to me, I, it's crazy to lay 16 points in an NFL game. But I'll be honest, I'm interested in looking at alt lines beyond that as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> Honestly, Sorry. that's something I was going to say is, the last time that I was super confident that Dallas was going to roll a really shitty team was the when Cardinals. The Cardinals. the Cardinals. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, me too. But, Yanni, to your point, like, I feel like actually, to me, the most likely outcomes are the Cowboys screw around and maybe still win this game, but win it by like a touchdown or they win by 30. You know, like, I feel like they, like you're saying, they get rolling and it's ridiculous. Um, we've seen that numerous times now, and and I thought overall they played pretty well against Philadelphia. Even so, I definitely can see what you're saying, and and I would, it might sound crazy, but I'm actually with you that I would consider an alt total on Dallas this week because if they uh, get I'm, rolling, I think they'll just truck them. I'm considering it. Yep. JJ, how many how many points are you willing to lay on the Cowboys this week? As many as you guys are. I'm down. So here, my little secret is when Yanni, you said that, and I wasn't sure if you were joking or if you were serious. But then, you know, when I realized you were serious, I I'm in on it too because the awesome thing is I'm going to be down there with Yanni watching football right. on Sunday. Wow. So now, however high he wants to crank this thing up, I'm going with him. We're going to be there pulling for him. My gosh, yeah, we, we might go. We might go twenty-seven and a half. We'll see. Let's see. I'm feeling very I'm left in. out. That's I'm exciting. In. You guys should go big. I mean, then you can make like a TikTok video of yourself <laughs> celebrating <laughs> yeah. when That'll you win that day. alt total. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna... always down for. I'm always down for making it rain. You know what I mean? But you know, if we if we win an alt line minus twenty-seven and a half, I'll make a video for that, man. I mean, come on, you gotta you gotta <laughs> oh, be able yeah. to celebrate something. I mean, come you on. Said, oh, yeah, I mean, we'll get. We'll get every, plus everybody 365 involved. on DraftKings right now for 27 and a half. 28. If, you, if you're okay with the push at 28, you can get plus 414 on DraftKings. So it's a pretty I'm good payout. I, I mean, go big. I like it. It's possible. We'll see what the oh, weekend it, brings. Yeah. I think it's actually very yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. other than that, um, this is, this is kind of, I feel kind of bummed out because. There's just a lot of games I want to avoid. However, just like Yanni and you guys, you just said, they're all kind of interesting and intriguing in their own way, you know, all the way from, yeah, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, you know, like, what are we going to get out of this? And I'm really, you know, if, if I was going to go anywhere, it would be Pittsburgh, you know, only because, okay, pick it, love, whatever. I mean, you know, take your pick, offensive coordinator, whoever the mastermind of both of these offenses can <laughs> pretty much go take a hike themselves too. It's like, what is worse? What is more damaging? Love against a defense like Pittsburgh that can wreak havoc or um, pick it against, you know, kind of just being generally ineffective against Green Bay. So you would think that Pittsburgh is the side, but there's no way that, that game, New Orleans, Minnesota, which would be super interesting to see how volatile those teams are. You know, all of them are really kind of interesting and should make um, for some really good football to watch. But 
yeah, other than the ones we discussed earlier and maybe a couple other spots that we come up with, team totals, whatever it may be. Um, it's going to be a lot of entertainment, probably less volume than the last couple of weeks for me. Yeah. Um, I like your point about these games having their own angles that make them yeah. interesting, though. I think that's good. I, I'm going to just throw one other one out uh, before we wrap up here that is of interest to me, and I'd be curious your guys' take. This is another one. I'm not, I'm not sure that I would bet this, but the line stuck out to me a little bit. So Kyler Murray is supposed to be coming back to start this week. However, if you listen, and, and I think that the line is really reflecting that. And plus, Atlanta, I mean, losing to Minnesota last week, they maybe they haven't looked great. But this is basically a pick em. I mean, maybe Atlanta is minus one. And it's in Arizona. But if you listen to doctors, Kyler Murray coming back off this type of injury, it's to be expected that he's going to take a performance hit and not be as mobile for the rest of this season, though he's still going to be better than Josh Dobbs. He's going to be better than Clayton Toon, for sure. Also, I think James Conner is eligible to come back this week, and James Conner was playing really well before he got injured. He's an older guy. Is he going to be able to come back and perform well still? I mean, maybe. I'm not saying he won't, um, but I think that's an interesting question. Outside of that, though, I don't think Kyler Murray is a savior. Like, I don't think he comes in and just makes this team a good team. Um, their defense still is not great, and yes, they've played better than I thought they would in many games. But I think this, I think without a doubt, is still a very bottom of the league type of team. And I think it's interesting that we're getting basically a pick em line. Now, a couple things on the Falcons for me. One, I have no idea what they're doing most of the time. Like <laughs> they, they don't either. <laughs> yeah, they don't either. I mean, with the talent that they have, like that's the thing that's scary is yes, this is a team that you can't count on them to be smart or do what they're supposed to do much at all, probably especially <laughs> because of the coaching. So yes, that oh, is true. Oh, yeah. But the other thing that's interesting, and I mean, um, I, I can't put too much stock into this, but I've been doing this wins over expectation model based on turnovers, which basically tells you are teams winning more or less than they should based on the number of turnovers that they're they're or by game not overall number of turnovers but by game the the turnover mm -hmm. differential they have and atlanta uh, i'd have to go back and look but they're actually like fifth or sixth in the league of wins over expectation based on turnovers so that means they're winning more than they should based on the amount that they're turning the ball over. and that's that's not factor i'm going to work on this in the future right now it doesn't factor in opponents it's purely based just on turno turnover differential so you have to take it with a grain of salt but that's just one input to me that says, like, I just think Atlanta is an average team. And I think they're going to lay some terrible eggs and it's going to look horrible. But I also think they're still we talk about the tiers thing. To me, um, Atlanta is a different tier than the Cardinals still. And Atlanta's a middle tier. <laughs> they're not a top tier. But I think the Cardinals are a bottom tier. And so I'm I'm at least interested or tempted at a pick them price tag to take the Falcons against the Cardinals. Uh, any it's, thoughts on that one? I, I was just going to jump in real quick. I was looking at, you know, the odds here that at FanDuel, you know, you can get plus one and a half on Atlanta at DraftKings. You can get plus two on Arizona. So it's really kind of interesting. Wow. I and mean, those are like two common ones that anybody mm. can bet maybe a little something at, but that's really interesting to see. Then you, then you also see just some straight up pick them. So, I don't know, man. I, this is this uh, this is another one that's very interesting to see what we get out of what should be a dominant Atlanta team, just based purely based on class. But they're like hanging on to that, you know, that <laughs> middle tier at this point in time. It's this, never the, pretty. Hold never pretty up. with them. No, no. But they have. I mean, did they not seem to have a little more life to him with Heineke? I'm not saying he's great, but I mean, I mean, he was willing to pass the ball down the field. Yeah, I, I think Heineke is the key here. I think he gives them just a slight edge over Ritter, and I realize he's probably not as mobile, but I think his ability to get the ball out and throw it, I mean, we saw, you know, he he made he had some guys make some plays for him, and if Drake London comes back, he's got some playmakers potentially he can get the ball to. But I, I'm with you, I mean, if I am betting this game, I, if and I don't think that I will, but if I am, it's the Falcons or nothing. I mean, I, I sure as hell am not betting on Clayton Toon, um, and I, I'm with you. I don't know that Murray coming back in his first start. I mean, you watch a lot of these guys coming back off those major knee injuries, especially the ones that rely on it. 
I can speak from experience with a couple of my bills that have gone through that. They're just not the same guy right away. And, you know, Murray, his game is predicated on his ability to move around, get out of the pocket. If he can't do that, I don't know that he's, like you said, a good enough pocket passer or that they have enough weapons to throw the ball to. But, you know, like you said, is Connor going to play whatever? So I think you can potentially wait on this game before you do, if you want to bet on it before you do anything. But for me, if I were betting it, I'm with you. I'm in Atlanta or nothing on this one. Very good. Well, this will be a blast from the past by the time anyone hears this, but I do just want to say I just placed a large $1 wager on Jet Whoa. 17, Charger 16 at plus 8,000. Uh, All right. That would be so, so awesome. You know. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go. It's a big, it's a big night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks for jumping on. JJ, awesome to have you back again. Uh, Yanni, always a great time talking football. Appreciate it, fellas. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.